According to Barna, 47% of active Christian millennials say that evangelizing is wrong. Let's change the stat. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hey everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and friend, Tim Tribble. How are you doing today, Tim? Very good. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited about today's episode. Yes. I have a, an amazing conversation with my friend, Josh Bowers. I first met Josh when he was the associate pastor at Fresh Life in Kalispell, Montana. Right. And that church is, of course, famous because of its lead pastor, Pastor Levi Lusco, mm -hmm. who is uh, traveling all over the place, speaking now at a lot of youth conferences and, and a great author of great books and a fantastic church, amazing yeah. church. Uh, Josh left the, the ministry there and to plant his own church. He really felt called of God to go and plant a church. His initial plan was to plant in London, England. Right. And uh, we talked about that ex extensively. Uh, but then he uh, had a reroute, and that door uh, shut for multiple different reasons. Yep. And then all of a sudden, now uh, he's he had it put, was put on hold for a while. But now he's planted in Detroit, Michigan, <sighs> and uh, just getting started <laughs> and doing an amazing work there. So I have a question for you: okay. Have you ever have you ever had God shut a door on you that you thought, man, this is for sure, this is this is Him, this is He's leading me, and then all of a sudden, it just closes up. Yeah, absolutely. All my life growing up, I wanted to, I just wanted to sing. I had this desire to do it. And so in local competitions, I would do really well at them. And when uh, Canadian Isle came around in Vancouver, just after graduation, I decided to go and hit that up. I didn't get through the first year. I didn't get through the second year. Wow. And so I was just like, God, what are you doing? And uh, a year after that, we got invited to come and do youth and worship in our local church. And things just started to excel from there. So I look back on it now and it's as if God closed that door to prevent me from getting in possibly into a business or an, like into a position where I really shouldn't have been. And uh, now he's just blown the doors wide open into that, using the same gifting, but in a different uh, venue. Yeah. Well, and for the rest of the story, mm -hmm. a little bit, I mean, you've, you've went into ministry, you're now pastoring with us here at, at the church yeah. uh, and running youth ministry, also running the, the worship team. But also uh, you've, you've been writing a lot of songs uh, recording a lot of songs, and it's got the attention of some executives in Nashville yeah. who are now uh, enamored with your voice and with your writing, and, and there's lots of uh, different dialogue going on there. So, I mean, for you, it was the door got shut for now, but po probably not forever. I mean, yeah. that door, the music industry and all that is is opening up uh, even as we speak. But yeah. that's, I mean, that's that's really cool. And sometimes God does that. Sometimes God delays now, like Paul in the book of Acts the Holy Spirit uh, said, no, you can't go to Asia That's now. Right. But I mean, That's eventually right. that door opened up and he was able to go. Yeah. Uh, other times God just shuts the door and it <laughs> doesn't ever open up uh, again. Right. And in the end, we're, you know, we're frustrated at the time, but in the end, it's, we see that, no, his hand is, he, he knew better yeah. and there was something better in mind. Totally. Well, we're going to talk about that and more with my conversation with Pastor Josh Bowers. I also asked him a question about why did he pick Detroit, Michigan? And I got to tell you, I loved his answer. It's good. Really inspiring. And I know it's going to inspire you as well. So without further ado, let's go to my conversation with Pastor Josh Bauer of Cross and Anchor Church in Detroit, Michigan. Well, hey, Josh, welcome to GoCast. So good to see you, my friend. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Man, all right. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your ministry journey. You've got uh, quite the resume. So walk us through a little bit about what uh, life has been like and what's going on now. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, quite a prolific guy. So, um, yeah, no, I, I've, I've been in ministry for about 15 years yeah. in different ways. Uh, I was assistant pastor at a church in New Mexico for a while, and then I moved to Montana and helped start a church with my friend, Pastor Levi Lefko, and uh, that was in 2008, um, and was there for eight years. Did different stuff on staff, um, was a pastor there, was a campus pastor, helped other locations get started. Um, that's actually where I met you, not in the process of getting a location started, but while I was at Fresh Life, we did an event yep. in Lethbridge that you guys partnered with us, uh, and that was amazing, and we saw a lot of people get saved. Yeah, it was but, great. Um, yep. It was amazing to be a part of that. Loved it. Um, and then my wife and I just started feeling like God was calling us to start a church. And so our pastor and his wife, they, they gave us their blessing. And, uh, and we left in 2016. We thought we were going to be planting a church internationally. Um, we thought we were going to be going to England, but the door kind of shut on that. We ran into some problems with our visas. And through that, God redirected us to Detroit where we've been for almost two years now. And we launched Cross and Anchor Church in March of 2019. And, and uh, that's where we're at right now. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's already two years. That's amazing. That that went by real quick. Um, but man, you, you had, you, with your resume, I mean, you, you've been part of Fresh Life Church in, in Montana, which, uh, grew rapidly, part of churches in New Mexico. I mean, you had, you had all your connections and relationships. You had pretty much any pick of any location in America and around the world. I mean, you originally looking at, at, uh, London and, and different things and, and looking at, uh, pretty much any city you could plant a church in. So, so tell us why Detroit? Yeah. You know, like there's that scripture in Proverbs says man direct or man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his steps. Yeah. And that, that was definitely our experience. Um, we really had a heart for large cities, for cities that are influential culturally and that are making an impact and that have a lot of people who don't know Jesus in them. Yeah. Um, I think there's a strong case that can be made for planting churches in major cities because there's just so many people. And you also have an ability to almost maximize your impact because those cities kind of create culture that spreads from there. Um, I mean, I think we need churches in every area, like suburbs, cities, the middle of nowhere, but we just really had a heart for that in particular. And uh, London is that place. Um, But God, you know, as much as we tried to go there, it's kind of like Paul and Acts, the door just shut for him to get to Asia, even though it would have been an amazing thing to start a church in Asia, nothing wrong with that, but the Holy Spirit had different plans for him. Right. And we felt like that's what happened with us. Like we had all the right intentions, all the right motives, and felt like God was even opening doors at first. But then they just kind of shook that, and Detroit came on our radar. Um, it's a really cool story. I won't go into all of it, but um, we were living in Chicago at the time because we'd already left Montana. Uh, we were trying to figure out where we were going to land, and we were at, serving at a church in Chicago. And then visiting Detroit just felt like there was a lot happening here. The city was changing. It was uh, a lot of people don't have the best perception of Detroit. Yeah. Like when you tell them to go in there, they're like, oh, well, get your bulletproof vest, you know, and make sure you get your concealed weapons permit or something. But uh, <laughs> this city is really coming back up. Like the motto, the official motto of the city of Detroit right, from like the 1800s is 
we hope for better things that will rise from the ashes. Wow. And um, I, it was like prophetic. And so Detroit's really in this time period where the cement feels like it's for the future of what Detroit's going to become. And we wanted to be a part of shaping that. So we started visiting the city, finding out more about it. My brother out of nowhere who knew nothing about what was going to happen told me the same day that we were thinking about going to Detroit calls me. And he's like, my job's thinking about transferring me to Detroit. All these things started lining up and there's about 5 million people in the greater Detroit area. Wow. And roughly 80% of those people don't know Jesus. So, I mean, if that's not enough reason to start a church, I don't know what one is. Um, we believe Detroit's best days are ahead of it. I love the fact that it's a border city. A lot of people don't know that in the U.S., but Windsor's our next door neighbor. Yep. And uh, a lot of people here might even cheer for the Leafs. I know, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but uh, there's there's a lot of Canada connections between the two uh, cities. And, yeah, we're, we love being here, and we think God's got a great plan for the city of Detroit. Well, let's just be honest. You fell in love with us Canadians after dealing with us over here, so it was all good. Right. You planted the seed in Lethbridge, and then I was like, you know, I got to get close by. If they won't let me be a dual citizen, I'm going to live as close as possible as I can to Canada. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I love, your, I love your heart, though, in, in wanting to, to t- pick on a city or to take on a city like Detroit where it's not Bible Belt. It's not, you know, prolific with, with you know, uh, lots of churches, large churches, all that kind of stuff. But you're taking on a city and saying, no, we want to we plant here where the need is greatest and we can, we can make a big impact, man. I, I love that. So, I mean, you could have taken over a church as well. I mean, you've got the resume to be able to do that. That would have been easy. I'm sure there's, there's churches that were offered to you. So why in particular do you feel the call to, to plant one because that's that's a totally different that's a totally different thing yeah you're right and i think that you do have to have a calling to do it um there were a lot of options that kind of materialized in that in-between period from montana to detroit um options to take over churches options to come on staff as a campus pastor um or in in different ways at, at churches and my wife and i just always felt like no we've got to plant um, part of that was just a clear calling from God. Um, we, we got to a point, especially after London was really for sure not going to happen where we were like, okay, God, did you really call us to this? Should we be planting a church at all anywhere? And God really spoke to us uh, from the book of Isaiah chapter 54. I was just reading through it in my Bible. It was like I was going through the book of Isaiah. It wasn't like I was playing Bible bingo, but that was the next chapter in my reading plan. And, um, and it says, lengthen the 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 sorry it says take out the stakes of your tent and broaden them right because the woman who was barren is going to have children and it says they will inhabit the desolate places and the nations and next to that in my wife's bible which i just happened to be reading in her bible that morning i don't typically do that but there was a a, a note that said church planting that she had wrote next to that wow and that was really confirmation like okay, we still need to plant a church. And maybe it just wasn't where we thought originally. But I think inside of me, just on the uh, on the more natural level, I do like to start new things. Um, I like to kind of, you know, not be stuck inside of a box. I like to be able to experiment. Um, I like to be able to, to kind of try different things. And, and obviously at the, at the core of planting a church is the heart to reach lost people. Yeah. Because I, I think planting is still the best way to reach people who don't know Jesus. And statistics actually prove that 
that churches that are newer have a higher rate of conversion than churches that have been around for a while. And so um, I, I think we need both. And sometimes it's just doing an, a thing that's been going on in a new way. But I just really felt called like we need to start a new church in the city of Detroit. And um, we're, we're loving it. We're, we're figuring things out. We're like less than a year old. We're about the same age as my daughter who can't talk or walk yet until we've got to change a diaper. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at as a church. We're stumbling around. We're figuring it out. But we're enjoying it at the same time. That's very cool. All right. So the name of the church is Cross and Anchor. Uh, tell us, I mean, you, you're almost two years into through the whole process there. So t- tell us about the plant. Tell us about the church and how things are going now. Yeah. Um, so we got here in the summer of 2008 or sorry, 2018. Yeah. And we just hit the ground running. We had waited so long to get the church going that we felt like we had to make up for lost time. So we didn't wait around. We like, we started meeting people. We didn't know a soul in the city of Detroit other than my brother and his family who moved here. And they also didn't know anybody. So we just started going to coffee shops. Um, I started uh, working at a co-working space downtown so I could rub shoulders with people. I went to like, anytime I got invited to go somewhere, I went there. Um, didn't matter if I wanted to or not. I just wanted to meet as many people as possible and hopefully find some people who are interested in starting a new church. So we went around uh, and within a few months, we did our first vision night. Um, and at that first one, we had a pretty decent turnout for going somewhere where we hadn't known anybody when we started. I think 40 people showed up that wow. first vision night. Yeah. And um, and then from there, we just kept building. And it was a it was a long process. It wasn't like it happened, you know, overnight. Um, but I remember after our second vision meeting, another time where like God just really spoke to me through his word, there's a passage in Exodus where he tells the children of Israel, you'll take the land little by little. Mm. And I was like, okay, we just got to keep being faithful moving forward. And so we started in January doing launch team meetings. We had a team that was, um, getting ready to start the church. So we kind of transitioned them from, Hey, we're just hanging out to like, let's actually do this. And then we opened the doors in March of 2019. And um, we had a really great launch. Um, we had somewhere between 200 to 300 people. We were packed out in this venue that we were in. Yeah, that's awesome. Literally no seats left. And um, yeah, and then it's just been a, a wild journey since then. Wow, that's great. I mean, it's it's fantastic to be able to to launch for for people looking at planting a church. And you know, I've done I've planted a number of churches. I always tell church planters if you can launch big, launch over two hundred at, at least, because the hardest churches to grow are the ones under hundred, and the second hardest ones to grow are the one under two hundred. And once you get over that critical mass, it seems to uh, it, you can get a lot skip a lot of steps by by going there so it's great to see that kind of a launch so in the process and in the church what's been your biggest victory so far i'd say the biggest victory has has been people coming to christ yeah um i mean we've had i don't know the exact number as of today but we've had over 100 people who've given their life wow. since we launched and, and i mean that's what it's all about like yeah. We, we could shut the doors to the church tomorrow and feel like we made an impact for it. Uh, but we also feel like we're just beginning and God has more. But uh, that has been amazing. And, you know, I feel like after you start planting a church, your, your mindset shifts a little bit. Like, I think I used to view success as like, oh, man, you know, our church is so big or it's this size or whatever. And, and we definitely have a heart to grow. Like, we're not one of those churches who's like, 
oh, we just always want to be our size right now. We want to, we want to change the city. We want to be as big as we can be. Yeah. But like, I don't view success like that so much anymore. I kind of view it as like, Hey, we're still here. Like we didn't, we didn't stop, you know, yeah. like the doors yeah. didn't shut. We're still around and just being faithful. Um, I heard somebody say, uh, Pastor Carl Lentz was sharing a story between him and Brian Houston. And he was like asking Brian, okay, what's the secret to success? And, and Brian's like, okay, you ready? And Carl's there with like a notepad and a pen. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. And he's like, okay, here's the secret. Keep showing up. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're just trying to be faithful, but people are coming to Christ. People are being reached. Uh, we're getting ready to start two services um, next year. So we're excited so about good. that, and uh, and God's working. That's awesome. So I mean, so so that leads me to the next question, which and I know in a city like Detroit, when you take on uh, big cities, and you know we all get the romantic idea in our eyes that there's so many people we could reach, we can go so big in a big city, but there's obstacles, massive obstacles to planting churches in large city, namely, uh, just my guess. Yeah, we haven't talked about this uh, ahead of time or anything like that, but I'm guessing that facilities is one of your biggest challenges. Would would that be the case? I mean, trying to find facilities in big cities is typically a big challenge. Or what's what's been your biggest challenge? Yeah, there are a lot of obstacles in large cities um, that maybe don't translate if you're planting in the suburbs or somewhere else. Um, facilities are different for sure. Uh, parking is an issue. Yeah, uh, it's it's rare to find a place that has its own parking. Um, you know, the cost obviously is a lot higher in a city, uh, and you know, you're you're usually renting a space unless by some miracle you're able to purchase a building. Yeah, um, we're we're in a pretty fortunate situation where we're renting, but we're the only people in the building, so we actually get to keep our stuff up, which is that's awesome. And um, and there is a, a small parking lot connected to our building, but most of it's street parking. Yeah. But I think for us, the, the, the biggest challenge inside of a city has just been um, in our context. This is probably unique to, to us might not, you know, be somebody else's struggle, but there's a lot of uh, racial tension in, in Detroit and has been for a long, long time. And so there's people moving into the city from outside of it. There's this whole kind of new wave of people coming into Detroit. And then those who've been here for a long time, sometimes feel displaced or overlooked or marginalized. And so we have to kind of walk this line of we're uh, excited about the things that are happening that are new, but not at the expense of hurting people who've been here for a long time. Wow. So, um, we, we've got it. We're figuring that out. Um, by God's grace, we are a diverse church. And um, we really think the church should be the place that, sets the example for the world when it comes to unity. And, uh, and we want to showcase that to Detroit and beyond. So, uh, but that's been an interesting struggle being here that I haven't really had to deal with other places where I've been in ministry. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a little different than Montana. I would think, um, (laughs) Uh, 97% Caucasian. So definitely different dynamic in Detroit. Yeah, for sure. So, so I mean, talk to about uh, about that. Let's let's pull on that a little bit. So, I mean, what have been what what have you done to intentionally say, okay, we're going to take this on, we're going to tackle this, we're going to acknowledge that this is an issue, um, you know, and and we're going to we're going to attack that issue, and we're gonna we're gonna showcase yep. something different. So, what what have you done intentionally in that way to to take on unity? Yeah, um, that's a great question, and it, it's really uncommon 
I think in Detroit and elsewhere to truly have a diverse church. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people, they go out with the mindset, like we're going to create a diverse church. And really when we started, we didn't necessarily think like that. We, we weren't like our goal is multi-ethnic, multi-racial church. We just were thinking we want to start a church yeah. and reach people. But I do think that that actually has helped us because sometimes when you force that, like it, it doesn't actually happen. It comes across as forced or it doesn't seem genuine or authentic. Right. So our part has been, we just want to be a representation of what our city is like. And I think the best thing that we've been able to do to help bridge some of that divide has been, um, we started our, our church basically in my house. Like we had people over for dinner and we still do that. We call them dinner parties. They're basically our version of small groups. And our house, like represented around our table, was a diverse group of people. That's awesome. So I think like the best way to accomplish diversity and unity is I really think your church is going to be a reflection of who sits around your dinner table. Like if you're willing to sit down and have conversations and engage and have relationships with people who are not like you. Like that's where it starts. Yeah. And then it will kind of I think naturally show up in your church rather than. And I'm I'm all for like a diverse staff hire or something to represent on the stage, what you're hoping will be out in the seats. Um, I think that's good. I just don't think it can replace what you're actually doing in your everyday life. Like yeah. it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be both. That's so good. That's so good. All right. Let's talk about, I mean, you're winning souls at an exponential rate. And I mean, you're doing, it's more than just because you're a new church and a church plant, although there's elements to that, that is true. Um, but talk to us about what's your most effective strategy as a church for winning souls. Yeah. Um, not to come across as over spiritual, but like really our best weapon is prayer. Yeah. Um, you know, any church that takes ground for the kingdom is bathed in prayer. And um, we've had the opportunity to really learn that from other churches that have excelled in that area. So before our church ever launched, we did like 21 days of prayer and fasting as a team. Um, anytime we're coming up to like some kind of major thing, we're always soaking it in prayer. And I think that, that that's been like a key ingredient in what God's done. Yeah. So good. But when it comes to the, the non-spiritual side, um, we've definitely been intentional about using social media uh, as a marketing place and a place to connect with people. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of on Instagram, just direct messaging people who would follow our account. And then I would go and get coffee with them um, or, or connect with them in some way. I think people are really looking for a personal connection. And actually a lot of our team just came through that, just following people on Instagram. They would follow our church account. And then I would send a message and say, Hey, we're starting a church and Detroit would love to hear your story. Um, maybe we can sit down and have coffee sometime. And so that has been really helpful for us. We also did put up a billboard when we launched and we did some paid social media ads. Um, and I think that helped kind of generate some buzz. Um, so all those things together have, I think, helped us to reach people. We also, we did a kind of an unconventional launch. We launched in the evening. So we started Sundays at 6 p.m. Now we have a morning service. Um, but we started in the evening and I think that just kind of helped because it's so not traditional. We got a not traditional group of people who maybe weren't used to coming to church or they hadn't been to church in a while. And so, um, I'm excited next year. We're going to start the evening services back again. We'll have morning and evening. And I think 
the evening is going to just help us reach even more people who don't know Jesus. That's really cool. That That's awesome. I do know about you. I've always admired how you, um, how with the excellence that you do, social media, your websites, um, your advertising. But I love what you just said about the social media. I don't want anybody that's listening or watching to, to, to miss this. But you literally use social media for more than just an advertising. You used it as social media and and connected in the relationship which which often gets missed we often use it you know social media and instagram and facebook as a billboard but we forget to be social with it and and you're intentional you know about connecting with people and making it social yeah and i think that um what we saw kelly with that was like people are hungry for that connection like um because you kind of think when you're on social media i'm connected with all these people but in reality, you're, you're not, you're just kind of like artificially connected to them. So when, when there's an actual person that you're talking to, and then you can translate that into actually a physical interaction with that person, you know, meeting up with coffee or, or whatever, there's a lot of people who are really starving for that. Yeah. And that's why they're on social media in the first place. And I think why the church, of course, should be in that arena. Like that's, that's where we belong. Like, like Jesus says, or God says, I put the lonely in families. Like, yeah. Where, where the answer is to people finding a home, feeling like they belong, feeling like they can be in a family, you know? So, um, yeah, keeping the social and social media, I think that's vital. That's that's so good. And I love your idea of or what you did with with direct messaging somebody that you connected on social media, uh, you know, direct messaging them and then setting up a face to face coffee with them. I mean, that is that's that's taking social media to a whole nother level of, of social, um, which which is hey, that's that I love that. That is a great idea. Something that uh, I'm going to steal. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Do it. You know, and, and I think that sometimes, and I've, I've done this too, as a pastor, we sometimes overestimate our influence from, uh, from the stage. Not that it's obviously that's huge, but like we underestimate the importance of one-on-one connection. And so I think true. that if you can be doing both of those things, like that's a real recipe for success. And, and I know a lot of pastors who you know, they're trying to think, how can I reach people? How can I get people to my church? But they, they literally sit in their office all day long and they interact with just the people around them. And it's, it's like, if you could just, even if you just go work somewhere else for the day and just maybe you happen to rub shoulders with somebody who doesn't know Jesus or whatever, like, I think those kind of interactions are also big parts of growing your church and reaching people. That's so, so good. I mean, yeah, don't, don't uh, miss the individual by looking at the crowd. I mean, that's, uh, that that's a big big deal. So yeah. tell me about tell me about an individual. Tell me about someone that you connected with, or somebody in the church, and how their life was miraculously changed because they connected with you. They connected with the church, and ultimately met Jesus. Yeah, um, the, the first story I think of is uh, this guy named Stephen. He found our church uh, through Instagram, I think. He, or actually, you know what? He found our church through Reddit. He was going through Reddit. I don't even know what he was doing, but. Uh, he used to be a fisherman in Alaska, and he saw the name of our church cross an anchor, and the anchor really stood out to him because yeah, of the yeah. fishing background. Yeah, and and then uh, the people on Reddit were saying we were a cult, which I was like, okay, I, you know, you know, you know, you're making ground for the kingdom when people are calling you a cult. Um, <laughs> exactly. But he's like, I'm just, I'm gonna go check it out. I'm looking for a place to connect. So he came uh, first weekend. He came. He gave his life to Christ. 
a uh, couple months later he got baptized and then to find out some of his story of where he was coming from like heavy drug addiction in his past um really really a lot of like bouncing around from place to place just not being uh rooted and grounded somewhere not having a home and then to see like he was riding his bike around detroit one day he was telling me this story and like somebody while he was stopping somewhere somebody stole his bike and he was trying to find it and he was getting so mad and then he ended up walking by a prison and he was like it was like god spoke to him like man if it weren't for jesus like this is where i would probably be wow and his whole attitude changed and like he started praising god and like just to see the transformation taking place in his life um he actually did end up going back for a season to alaska to, to fish but now he's back in detroit and he's going to be at our church again but he was like i want to make money because i want to help kids who are on the street like I was so that they don't have to be in that situation anymore. And, um, it's, it's really, really cool what God's doing in his life. That's really cool. And that's, that's why we do what we do and why we plant churches in cities like Detroit. And I mean, those, those stories are, I mean, those are, that's motivation enough just to say, man, that a life change like that is, is worth it all, worth all the pain, worth all the, the struggling to find a place with parking worth all the, <laughs> all the, the effort yeah. that goes into it. <laughs> so good. Totally. Man. All right. So what advice would you give to, to a pastor who wants to see souls like, like that guy saved in, in his or her church? Well, yeah, I think that you have to, um, you know, our, our vision statement is to see new life in Detroit through Jesus Christ. Mm. So um, I think that, as clear as you can be with yourself and with your team to spell it out. Like this is the kind of church that we are. Like we're not here for ourselves. We're not here to be another social club. We're here to reach our city and we're on mission. Um, because inevitably you're going to get to the point in your church where it's so much more comfortable to just stick where you are and do what you've been doing. Yeah. But that's going to mean that you're going to not be able to reach new people. So, um, I think you have to be clear from the outset. We're a soul-winning church. We're a church that is here to impact eternity. And come hell or high water, that's our objective. And so we're not going to get comfortable. Uh, we're not going to take it easy. We're going to go hard after this, and we're going to sacrifice to make it happen. So, um, yeah, I just think being clear and, and setting it out front. That's so good. So good, man. This has been so awesome and it's great to uh, reconnect with you again and uh, love what you're doing. Love watching uh, from a distance uh, your church. Love seeing Cross and Anchor and, and your stories and on Facebook and, and celebrating uh, everything. The building you're in, by the way, looks really stinking cool. Uh, it's got lots of character in it. I was like, <laughs> it looks awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. It's this old, uh, yeah, it's this old Catholic church building, actually, and it's just been sitting there vacant, and uh, it was in a neighborhood that we wanted to be in, and God opened the door to make it happen. So we're, you know, we're a new baby church. We're still a, a smaller church. Our building seats 800 people, um, wow. but we're praying that God's going to fill it up, and, um, and that it won't even be enough room. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. Man, this has been so good. Is there anything that I should have asked but haven't yet? You know, um, I love this conversation. I love what this podcast and this the, you, what you guys are doing with this whole thing has been great. I've been following along on social media, seeing the guests, seeing the quotes. Um, just, I, I think if you're a leader out there and you're like, you're discouraged or you're like, is this worth it? It is. And you never know when the breakthrough's coming. 
you never know what God's going to do. So keep going at it. And um, yeah, I think don't be afraid to take big steps of faith. Like that's where you find God and he does the miraculous. So um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I'm a big fan. That is awesome. Well, we appreciate that. We're a big fan of you. I really like that scripture that you brought up about, you know, what God showed you about, hey, just take take the ground with little steps at a time. And I think that's really encouraging for a lot of pastors listening. We we always imagine, the, you know, the next big breakthrough is going to be a big step, but sometimes the next big breakthrough is a, a series of little steps. Uh, being faithful in that. And so um, I yeah, really appreciate that and hope that's going to encourage someone. I know this conversation has encouraged a lot of people and I really encourage people to follow you and uh, online and on, you know, social media, check out cross and anchor church. I mean, there's lots that we can learn from, from you and lots that I have learned from you over the years. Uh, so where can our listeners connect with you online? Yeah. Um, so if you go to Instagram, we're cross and anchored dot church. Uh, if you search Crossnaker Church on Google, it'll probably pop up. We've got a Facebook page too. Uh, I'm Josh T. Bowers on Instagram if you want to follow me. And um, next year in uh, in Detroit, we're actually doing um, – because I just looked around. There wasn't anything like it in our area. We're doing a conference, Crossnaker Conference. So Yeah, I saw that. If you're around the area uh, and you want to check it out, we'd love to hang out with you for the weekend. Um, but you can find all that info if you follow Crossnaker Church on Instagram. That is so good. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the conference because that's really good. I just saw that the other day. Actually, uh, you got some. You got what? Carl Lentz is coming, and you got you got some big big guys coming. There's going to be quite a deal. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't believe it um, that you know he was willing to come and and lend his voice to our city. So we're really excited about it. Like I was saying, I looked around in the Detroit area. I just I didn't really see a lot of events like that happening. Um, I know I've really been impacted in my life by things like that, whether it's a passion conference or Boo or Zoe or something like that. And um, so we wanted to bring something like that to Detroit. So we just said, hey, let's see if we can get some people to come. So Mac Brock is coming from, used to be with Elevation yep, Worship. Yep. Uh, Sean from, from Passion City Church is coming to lead worship as well. Um, Carl Lentz is going to be speaking. And we're, we're really trying to rally not just our church but churches around detroit uh and even the region so whether that's into ontario or over to ohio um we uh we're praying we're renting out a a pretty large venue in our city and it's going to be next summer june 19th and 20th uh and it's cross and anchor com has all the info and you can register there but we're praying it's kind of like a spark that gets lit that just ignites revival across Michigan and Ohio and into Ontario, we really feel like um, God's getting ready to do something big. So good. Well, I encourage everyone to check that out and uh, attend if they can. And that is that is awesome. Thank you so much, Josh, for all that you're doing. And thanks for adding your voice to GoCast, man. We really appreciate it and, and appreciate you and all that you're doing. Thank you, too. Love you, Pastor Kelly, and a big fan of Victory Church. So keep it going. Yeah, yeah bless, bless you, man. You, man. Love, love you, too. What a great conversation with Pastor Josh Bowers, man. I'm so inspired. There's so many things that he said in there that were really, really, really good were encouraging. Yeah. So what, what stood out to you? Yeah. I mean, like you said, the whole thing was great. What really pointed out to me was when he said that prayer does more than promotion. Yeah. And we get so wrapped up in our programs and making sure that people know about what's going on in our church that we forget that the subtlety and the power of prayer and just getting God to move on people's hearts to come to what we're setting up is is so much more powerful. So good. I'm so glad that, that, that he said that because I've always admired Josh. One of the things that I think he is an expert at and, yeah. and phenomenal at 
is the social media and the promotion and advertising. He's always done, whether it was with Fresh Life or with what he's doing now with Cross and Anchor. Uh, I'd encourage people to check out his his uh, Instagram feed and his his websites. I mean, he is amazing yeah. at what he does. And for but him for him to put the emphasis on prayer and saying, okay, that's more important than promotion. Mm-hmm. I love that. I also loved how he was willing to talk openly about spiritual warfare. Right. And many of us know it's real. It's there, uh, but we don't often talk about it, and we face opposition, and we just take it on in the natural. But the reality is when you're planting churches and when you're leading soul winning churches, the devil doesn't like it. And there is a battle. There's a spiritual battle going on and all of us go through it. All of us battle the same thing. So if you have something that you're battling and you'd like prayer with or prayer for, we would love to pray with you and for you. And we'd love to connect with you and continue the conversation. We're in this together. So where can people find us on GoCast? Where can they connect with us? Absolutely. Type in GoCast to Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, uh, all over the social map for sure. Yeah. And we're on social media and Facebook and Instagram. You can continue the conversation there. We'd love to hear from you. Well, next week, I've got a great conversation with my friend, Pastor Evan Allnut from mm. Northgate Church in Courtney, BC, and he's got a lot of insight. He's just transitioned to church and taken to church mm-hmm. uh, just in the last four years and taken over to church, and he's done amazing things. And here's an excerpt of my conversation with Pastor Evan Allnut. If we only talk to Christians in our sermons, we're only going to get Christians at our services. Right. That's true. I, I heard a great line from a pastor mentor of mine once upon a time said uh evan always make sure that you're speaking to the people who aren't in the room yet well super excited for the next episode with pastor evan allnut join us again next time thank you for joining us today hope you enjoyed the conversation we'll see you next week thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. we hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for christ Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.